Hello everyone, welcome to the Matri Show Between Friends. And at today's episode, I am your host Nandini Ray and we will be addressing and understanding the core relations between domestic violence and mental health, especially in the South Asian diaspora. Domestic violence and mental health, both topics are rarely talked about in South Asian communities. But it is high time that uh, we should acknowledge the partner violence and familial violence are happening in our community. And this kind of abuse and violence can have serious and long-lasting impacts on the survivors, their children and other family members. It is a preventable public health problem that deserves our immediate attention. So we are discussing this topic at our show. And to discuss this very important community issue, we have Meghna Hindia, a mental health professional and a domestic violence advocate as our guest. Meghna is a marriage and family therapist with a private practice here in Mountain View, California. She is also a Maitri board member and has been volunteering at Maitri for more than 20 years. Welcome, Meghna. I'm so happy to have you. Thank you, Nandini. I'm really happy to be here. Like you said, this is a not a very often discussed topic, and I think it's really important. Nearly 20 people per minute are abused by their intimate partner in the U.S., which is nearly 20 million men and women each year. Yet DV and mental health are both topics that are often difficult for our community to talk about. So I'm really glad to be here and share whatever information I can. Wonderful, Meghna. Wonderful. And uh, we, I think really um, this is a great topic we are discussing today because this is, as you know, as an advocate, you know that this is a taboo topic. And I believe our discussion will help many people out there to reflect on their own situation or with this information, they might help someone they know. Uh, so let's talk about a very important yet very much neglected issue, and that is the correlation between uh, mental health and domestic violence or partner abuse. As you said, in our community, mental health is a taboo topic. No one wants to talk about it. No one wants to acknowledge it. But in our work at Maitri, we have seen that a huge ne- negative impact on mental health well-being due to um, you know, domestic violence, uh, partner violence and abuse that you know, survivors, they go through. So let's start our discussion by defining mental health. Mental health refers to our emotional, psychological, and social well-being. Our mental health affects how we think, how we feel, and how we act. It also helps determine how we handle stress in our lives. You know, everyday stresses or the big stresses that Mm. come by every once in a while. So it determines how we relate to others and all the choices we make, whether big or small. As you can imagine, mental health is important at every stage of our life, from childhood and all the way to adulthood. Since we are discussing uh, the correlation between mental health and uh, domestic violence or intimate partner violence, first let's give our audience some information on 
what is domestic violence and how people can identify abuse in their relationships uh, because it's easier to understand when domestic violence involves uh, physical violence. You just point to your bruises and people can see that. But there are other kinds of violence and abuse too. And many people, many times, they don't understand that. They feel like only physical violence, physical abuse is the is um, domestic violence. And uh, But other kinds of abuse or violence, that can be subtle but, but as damaging as physical violence. So domestic violence is a pattern of behaviors that one partner uses to maintain power and control over the other partner in an intimate relationship. This can include physical violence, like you said, but not every abusive relationship has physical violence. Um, this abuse can include intimidation and threats. So like when an abuser gets angry and punches a hole in the wall or uh, throws something against the wall. You have not directly been hurt, but the message is clear. If you make me angry, I can do this to you. Or uh, it can be like direct threats, like threatening to hurt your family back home or hurt the children. Oh, my God. Yeah. So abuse can entail emotional put downs as well. Like you're not good enough. You're useless. No one would want you. I'm the one that got stuck with you. This could be in private or even in public in front of friends or family. Putting you down in front of others, in front of your kids, and generally damaging your self-esteem can be all part of emotional abuse. I remember a DV survivor once told me that, no, no matter what I do is never enough. No matter what I do is not good. Uh, for last 10 years, I have been listening uh, that I'm uh, good for nothing. I'm ugly. I cannot do anything right. And uh, my partner is ashamed of me. And now I'm seeing that my children are saying the same thing as they have heard and internalized the abusive words over and over for a long time. It's really heart-wrenching. People sometimes may not understand that their children are uh, uh, observing and they are learning uh, how to abuse. There's um, also like economic abuse, like not letting your partner work or making sure that they're late to work every day so that they lose their job, making them ask for money for their most simple needs, or not letting them know about or have access to financial resources in the family, basically keeping them financially insecure and dependent. It could also mean not thinking about a partner's future financially. So abuse usually involves isolating a partner from family and friends so that he or she stays dependent on the abuser. Like a new husband saying, why do you want to call your family now? I'm your family. You can tell me whatever you want. Sometimes it's not so quick, but happens so slowly over time. It's hard to catch in the moment. So clients will often tell me, you know, in the past, I wasn't like this. I had friends. I love to go out and do things. But now I don't have any friends. I feel so alone. We often look back at how that changed slowly but steadily over the course of the abusive relationship. And if there are children involved, they can be used to manipulate their partner as well. And when confronted, the abuser might make light of the abuse, saying, oh, come on, it wasn't so bad. You just can't take a joke. In some cases, initially in a relationship, there is what we call a honeymoon phase, like when the abuser has an outburst and then apologizes profusely and promises to never do that again. But then inevitably, the tension builds and there is yet another outburst. And that cycle usually just gets worse with time. 
ultimately they stop apologizing and start blaming uh, the abuser might say you made me do it if you didn't make me so angry i would never do something like this so they'll take no responsibility for their abusive behavior and if they don't take responsibility for it they will never try to change it so the important thing to remember here is that nothing you can do in a relationship that justifies abusive behavior towards you Yes absolutely abuse is never victim's fault um, abusers should be accountable for their crimes and i also remember that you know cultural abuse someone told me that uh, that person believe in some faith and uh, that abuser was not uh, you know with from that faith community and so the victim was not allowed to follow you know religion beliefs and faith and that was actually abuse right absolutely and if someone uh, is like one of uh, our clients i remember um, i was doing um, some help i was doing some work with uh, that person and i came to know that uh, she's a fantastic dancer but she stopped dancing because uh, her husband doesn't want her to uh, dance on the stage she's so sad and uh, she said you know i um, i uh did everything in my power to make that person happy but i uh, you know i was always told that uh, i cannot do something uh, i cannot do anything right so that kind of emotional abuse uh, it takes toll on someone's life and sometimes people and outsiders uh, they they don't see uh, that much they can see the physical abuse so yes you are absolutely right that abuse is never victim's fault and um, abusers should be accountable for their crimes so listeners who have just tuned in we are discussing the correlation between mental health and partner violence or uh, domestic violence and today as our guest we have magna hindia a mental health professional and a domestic violence advocate with us Meghna you know last week i was reading an article about gaslighting a tactic abusers uh, sometimes use to make uh, victims uh, questions their own sanity or perception and uh, many people may not be familiar with the term or tactic of manipulation can you please uh, tell us about gaslighting and how um, you know abuser uh, how can an abuser use this tactic to abuse Sure. So gaslighting is a form of emotional abuse. Uh it usually happens gradually um over a long time and it can happen to anyone. In the beginning of a relationship it might start with something small like uh, maybe your partner mentioned that he or she would come home late on Thursday since they had a meeting. that would uh, run late but on Monday when they don't come back from work at their usual time uh you call them to ask them what happened and they might say i told you i'd be working late i have a meeting and when you mentioned that they had said the meeting was thursday they might say no 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 i said monday mm. why would i say thursday it was always monday your memory is so bad mm. so it starts with small things or like another time he or she might have mentioned that they like when you make tomato soup for dinner and so you make it for dinner often and one day they get angry and they say could you stop making the soup all the time i don't like it at all and when you remind them that they said last time that they liked it they might say no i didn't i don't even like tomatoes ask my mom she'll tell you why would i ask you to make something i don't even like sometimes i think you're crazy and you make things up in your head 
So just constantly kind of that's a gaslighting pattern to always make somebody think that they're wrong, even though something that they really said or did or saw, you sort of make them think that that was, uh, you know, they can't trust their own senses. And so clients are often left wondering, you know, whether they made the mistake or, uh, you know, did somebody mistake what they said? Um, even though he or she said it and, you know, they clearly heard it, they start questioning what they heard and what they understood. So another tactic they like to use um, is that they might react to the same kind of situation differently each time so as to confuse um, their partner and to keep them a little bit off kilter. So, you know, the partner never knows how they're going to react to the same situation the next day. So in general, we all like predictability. And it's very hard to live with this kind of instability. It makes you feel like you can do never, uh, never do anything right, uh, no matter how hard you try, like you were saying, um, when somebody does that. So gaslighters usually try to convince you that others don't like you as well. He or she might insist a good friend of yours just pretends to like you, but really doesn't. So even though you feel like when you interact with that friend, she seems normal and friendly and everything's fine, you start wondering if she really doesn't like you or if she's lying. You start feeling unsure of yourself and your own judgment, your own relationships. So if this kind of thing keeps happening over time, you stop trusting what you see and what you hear and your self-esteem begins to drop. You start to second-guess yourself all the time and feel bad about yourself. Um, you know, you find it hard to make any decisions about anything since you can't trust yourself anymore. And the more you feel that way, the more you'll turn to your abusive partner to interpret reality for you. And he or she can control how you feel and act and think. So, you know, putting so much doubt in your head that you uh, start uh, questioning your own sanity, your own perception, your, your own memory. So that is so hard for someone. I mean, uh, and generally gaslighting, as you said, that uh, uh, this tactic used by someone you trust, you love, like your partner. Yep. And if they are doing this trick uh, to abuse you, uh, and you may not see that is an abuse. You may start uh, thinking that it's all my fault, it's all my fault, I am doing uh, something wrong. Right. And that can have huge effect on your mental health, on your physical health. Um, and, uh, you know, it's a, it's a really uh, sad thing. And, and this is such a uncommon, I would should I, I should say, I don't know whether I should use this term, it's uncommon phenomenon. I mean, people may not know about gaslighting. And I was reading that article that where um, a partner, abusive partner is using uh, technology uh, to uh, remotely, uh, that person is uh, opening, was opening a garage door, mm. opening um, the thermostat, air conditioning right. and main gate even the main gate of the house and when uh, the victim is uh, talking about this thing that oh I today I saw the garage door was opening uh, three times four times or um, you know the main door of our uh, house was opening uh, three four times something like that and that uh, abusive partner is saying that are you kidding me are you mad are you seeing things right. that's why I keep telling you that you are mad you are insane you don't uh, you know you are not uh, normal right. uh, you shouldn't be near our kids so that kind of abuse uh, has enormous enormous uh, enormous effect uh, damaging effect uh, on someone 
and um, you know we we really need to discuss these things often and you know and over and over to uh, let our community members know um, that what can be uh, what tactics can be used as uh, to abuse someone um, in intimate partner or domestic violence um, that kind of situation right megna absolutely and this kind of stuff happens so slowly over time it's really hard to catch sometimes in the moment so it's yeah, it's, good if you sort of um it's there in the back of your mind that these kind of things can happen as well yeah so abusers are we know we all know those who are uh, working with uh, domestic violence uh, survivors and victims we all know that abusers can be manipulative mm-hmm. and they can you know uh show their good uh, persona in front of everybody right. they can tell everybody look i'm such a nice person yeah. and uh, so don't believe what uh, my partner is saying yes. that um, they know, can be very they, charming yeah, yeah. um yeah um, so those who have just tuned in we are discussing the correlation between mental health and partner violence or domestic violence and today um as our guest we have Meghna Hindia a mental health professional and domestic violence advocate and um keep listening the show and if you have missed the show uh, from the beginning uh, do not worry you can find it um on um uh, SoundCloud and podcast so let's continue our discussion uh Meghna Uh, you know um is possible that uh, this is a new information for many of our listeners like, like uh, gaslighting um, economic abuse uh, mm-hmm. emotional abuse and uh, thank you for sharing your insight on this issue yeah sure um, as a community member we need to be aware that domestic violence is happening in in the south asian communities uh, like it is also happening in other communities Uh, many times we see that there is a misconception in our community that oh we are model minority and domestic violence child abuse neglect uh, violence against women rape uh, this kind of crime is not happening in our community we are we are all um, very educated uh, successful and we are uh, nice people but that's a myth no culture supports or domestic violence uh, ch- child abuse or violence against women but they are prevalent in all cultures and all communities and it is also we have to we must acknowledge that it is also happening in south asian communities mm-hmm. it is possible that culture shapes victims understanding of domestic violence and response to um it Hello. so um mena do you think our culture can impact uh, in understanding and in responding when we face domestic violence Yes, absolutely. Um domestic violence affects all ethnicities, but cultural differences impact a South Asian survivor's experience. How she accesses resources and what sort of support she might need and get are all dependent on uh, culture. So as a minority in the United States, the highly networked South Asian community in the Bay Area can be a great source of support. um you know and security and pride um for all us immigrants um i'm always thrilled to share with my children the diwali mela uh, or watch them enjoy desi sweets you know or go to the local dosa place um you know and share with them all our shared customs values attitudes um you know all our friendships and all these things give them a shared of common identity uh but these very same things can also be a force that can make it harder for a victim of abuse to break her situation 
in our culture, families are considered paramount, right? Intergenerational large families can be sources of support, um, you know, can be sources of emotional and financial security, and they are helpful in raising children. But that also means privacy and independence are considered less desirable. So then there is a great emphasis on upholding the family name and in maintaining the family's izzat and mm. not bringing shame on the family in the eyes of our community. Women are asked to be the keepers of this izzat. We assign these narrow roles to women of how they are to be the nurturing, self-sacrificing mothers, uh, supportive wives and respectful and compliant daughters and daughter-in-laws. And if a marriage is not working out, we don't leave any room for women to do something different. Young girls who grow up here are asked to adopt all these traits as well as compete and excel in mainstream society, forcing them to navigate two separate identities. So when you take this cultural context and then look at domestic violence and gender-based violence, you start to see how the experience of South Asian survivors of violence starts to look more complex. How so? So like in the South Asian culture, the abuse might be perpetrated not only by an intimate partner, but also by parents-in-law and the extended family. Sometimes the abuse can be perpetrated by in-laws on the phone from thousands of miles away, like when mothers-in-law call to complain about their daughter-in-law, and that leads to an abusive confrontation here in the U.S. When this happens, when multiple abusers are ganging up on one victim, the trauma has increased many-fold. And because of how immigration is so important to us, it can be used to threaten victims, like threatening to send the victim back to the home country, possibly separating her from her children, especially if the children were born here and are citizens, threatening to harm her family back home or messing with her immigration paperwork to have her deported or in trouble with the immigration laws. These are all things that, um, you know, can be done to immigrants. They're particularly vulnerable. So abuse in the South Asian context can also include abandonment. Maitri mm. helps clients each year that are never picked up at San Francisco airport by their new families. They come hoping to live with their husbands after their recent marriages back home and no one is at the airport to take them home. Maitri helps women that are left in the home country when the abuser leaves them there and comes back to the U.S. stealing her passport and leaving her unable to come back without going through a lengthy process to have her passport and visas renewed. Or when a woman gets married in the home country and then moves here, she is already isolated from her family and friends and her support system. So she may or may not have a visa that lets her work legally in the U.S. And this creates an unequal di power dynamic from the beginning of the marriage. This is exploited by the abuser and controlling her access to the phone and who she might talk to around her serves to severely restrict her support system. She will not have knowledge of her rights or the resources that might be available to her here. She may not be fluent in English, and she will not know any of the systems and processes here in the U.S., making her very dependent on the abuser. Yeah, you're absolutely right that uh, sometimes uh, many community members, they may not know that 
Transnational abandonment is a huge issue in our community. People are not only abandoned in, in the, as you said, in the San Francisco airport or San Jose airport or whatever the other international mm-hmm. airports, uh, but they can also be abandoned in their home countries. Uh, people are going there, you know, the wedding is done, and after that they are staying with that bride maybe uh, one month or two months and then coming back. And every time, a year maybe they are going there um, but the and not bringing the bride uh, in here with right. them, and the bride is virtually stuck with parents mm-hmm. parents in law, mm-hmm. and they are you know doing whatever they are asking that uh, bride to do, right. and uh, so this is uh, such a damaging situation for that person. And it is also possible that after two, three years, uh, uh, now she has some, you know, one child or children, and uh, that is another burden, not coming here and staying there as a, a servant, someone's servant, and on top of it uh, now has children, and they don't know what to do. And that's a lot of layers of abuse, right? Mm-hmm. And... Um, as you said, that extended family members, abused by extended family members, whether it is long distance through long distance that, you know, mother-in-law or um, sister-in-law or father-in-law, you know, calling from home la- home countries, from their, from their home countries and telling um, the, the person that, hey, why are you helping your wife in household chores? Uh, in our culture, you don't have to, you are a man, you don't, you cannot help in household chores or right. you are a man, you cannot change a diaper. Um, your, you know, you punish that your wife. She is not a good wife. So that kind of abuse is uh, happening long distance through long distance phone calls, or also happening here that uh, many f- uh, extended family members they are staying under the same roof and they can take part directly or indirectly in that abuse. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, if you know um, in laws are seeing abuse uh, but doing nothing. Um, so that is also, uh, you know, adding something in that abuse, Being right? Complicit. Yeah, mm. and uh, so it's it's such a heartbreaking situation. Yeah, but it's also good to remember that it's not always the in-laws. Gender-based abuse might come from your own family. From Absolutely. Your family of, yeah, in the South Asian community, we tend to control the way girls and women in the family dress, um, what they study, the careers they choose. Uh, There can be restrictions on who women hang out with, you know, and forcing women to marry someone they don't want to or stopping women from marrying someone um, that that the family doesn't approve of. So you see how the effects of the abusive behavior on the survivor can be compounded by the attitudes Mm. and behavior of others in the community and the extended family. And uh, this can lead women to stay trapped in abusive situations longer. Yes, you are absolutely right that gender-based abuse, gender-based violence, uh, that has strong relation with partner violence and partner Mm -hmm. abuse. Do you remember the rape uh, that happened two months back in uh, South India? Mm-hmm. And the doctor, um, she was uh, coming from um, her work right. and she was uh, raped uh, by uh, three or four mm-hmm. uh, men. It's a gang rape, incident right. of gang rape. And that gang rape, um, when people were talking about it, uh, there, and some uh, one person was interviewing various men in mm-hmm. in, uh, in in 
India. Mm-hmm. And they, many of them were saying that, oh, she shouldn't be out there in the night. Or right. uh, did she do something to provoke that abuse? So that right. kind of victim blaming, that kind of um, incident we still see, uh, we are still seeing in, in this um, in this age. Right. And that is uh, shameful that the, we are... Uh, not putting uh, enough emphasis, focus on why did the why did they rape, mm-hmm. but but putting emphasis on um, was she uh, wearing right dress, was right. she uh, you know what was she doing in the night right. uh, at this hour uh, on the street? Mm-hmm. So that is really really we need to think deeply about this issue and we need to talk uh, with uh, with each other at our social setting at our um, at our uh, in our house uh, everywhere so that we can do something to change the cultural harmful uh, social and cultural norms that is instigating that is uh, you know creating uh, violence against women uh, gender based violence uh, domestic violence um, so this is such a critical and necessary uh, conversation mm-hmm. um, i would say uh, uh, for us to have uh, for right. those listeners who have just tuned in you are listening a conversation with Meghna Hindia on domestic violence and mental health in South Asian community uh, we are taking a short break now uh, please stay with us we will be right back अगर आप या कोई और जिसे आप जानते हैं जो घरेलू और डोमेस्टिक वायलेंस से गुजर रहे हैं कृपया मैत्री से संपर्क करें मैत्री की सेवाएं बिल्कुल मुफ्त और विश्वासनीय हैं हमारी सेवाएं हिंदी पंजाबी मराठी गुजराती और अन्य दक्षिण एशियाई भाषाओं में उपलब्ध हैं यू कैन कॉल अस मंडे टू फ्राइडे 9 टू 3 पीएम ऑन 18886248740 फॉर आफ्टर आवर्स लीव वॉइसमेल इन योर लैंग्वेज यू कैन आल्सो ईमेल अस एट मैत्री एम ए आई टी आर आई एट मैत्री डॉट ऑर्ग Meghna, let's continue our conversation. Um, let me ask you a very important question, and uh, that is, how does intimate partner violence or gender-based violence, or as a matter of fact, domestic violence, affect mental health? So, <clears throat> being subjected to this kind of abuse from someone in your own home, day in and day out, controlling your behavior, berating you on your self-esteem, uh, obviously affects your mental health. Mm. um anxiety depression and post traumatic stress disorder uh, and substance abuse are some of the mental health issues south asian survivors face as a result of domestic violence um i'll share a little more about anxiety depression and post traumatic stress disorder since they are the most common survivors of domestic violence deal a lot with anxiety um this anxiety is caused by fear fear in response to the real danger threats harassment and violence that's you know uh, ongoing at home uh, fear triggered during flashbacks and intrusive memories of the violence that they've been through um, you know they're just going about their daily business and then suddenly they um, something triggers them and they remember um you know the last time they were beat or you know what happened last time so any violent incident right exactly okay. and it just sort of comes on you know onto you suddenly mm. all the all the memories so those are flashbacks and then symptoms of arousal or hypervigilance they might have constantly watching out for more abuse like you know what's going to happen next anxiety about the future including worrying about whether you know more abuse is going to happen or worrying about leaving the abusive situation and how will they manage alone 
Um, so there's always sort of worry and anxiety. Um, and then, of course, the fear uh, of the wider community, uh, what people might think or say, um, you know, what family and friends might say, what sort of support they might get if they decide to leave. That's a big thing in our community, I mm-hmm. think, right? What people will say, look right. kya kahenge. Right, exactly, exactly. So yeah. definitely, you know, the South Asian survivors sort of uh, experience being South Asian includes a big part of that. Uh, domestic violence can also cause low mood or depression. Um, you know, sadness is a natural reaction to what is happening. The psychological abuse, criticism and insults end up damaging um, self-esteem. When someone tells you again and again and again that you're no good, um, you know, sometimes at some point you're going to start believing it. Being prevented from activity like going to work or college or even meeting the neighbors or calling friends over, you begin to feel pretty isolated. Um, There are feelings of guilt you know, am I breaking up the family if I leave this abusive situation? Am I bringing shame on the family? Uh, those kind of thoughts, you know, naturally bring you down. Um, so there's, you know, definitely uh, can DV can definitely lead to depression over time. And then there's uh, PTSD or post-traumatic stress disorder. And uh, PTSD can include memories and flashbacks of the abuse like we talked about. Um, Sometimes you remember specific events and they feel so real, um, like, you know, and you relive them all over again um, when you're triggered. Um, That's so traumatic, mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. Like, you know, clients tend to avoid the places that bring them memories of the abuse. Mm. Um, You know, you start to avoid your neighborhood target where, you know, he'd abuse you the first time or start to avoid the street that uh, she used to work on, Mm. uh, even if it means that you have to take a longer route to work every day. Um, Another typical feature of PTSD is arousal, always being on edge, getting easily startled if you hear loud noise or getting very anxious when you see a green Honda on your street, wondering if it's your abuser. Uh, This kind of arousal leads to difficulty sleeping at night and concentrating during the day. And I want to highlight that while mental health problems affect all survivors of violence and abuse, In particular, suicide, attempted suicide and self-harm affect a disproportionate number of South Asian women. Uh, Women feel trapped in abusive homes, pressured to uphold the family name, uh, you know, to be the perfect daughter, the perfect wife, daughter-in-law, and uh, they're terrified of the judgment from the community. And they might lose hope that the abuse will stop and uh, don't feel like they have options outside of marriage. So um, this is enormous uh, mm-hmm. burden on someone's mental health and and, the, and on their heart. And on, I mean, I can feel I mean, when you were talking about this uh, thing, I, I was just imagining someone is going through this kind of tremendous burden on their mental health. And it can be so damaging mm-hmm. uh, on them. Uh, Meghna, that sounds really sad and I hope this information will be helpful for those who are listening to our show today and with this information they can save someone's life. So um, let's let's continue our discussion on why do you think that South Asian, uh, they shy away from uh, accessing mental health resources? 
some reasons South Asian clients choose not to access mental health resources right away could be that the fear of not being understood. Um, this could either be because of language difficulties or cultural nuances that mainstream mental health providers might have trouble understanding. Um, you know, there's lack of information of services available and what they might entail. Formal counseling is not widely known or used in South Asia. So South Asians are a minority here and survivors may not be confident that services are indeed confidential. They may be afraid their partner or the extended family will find out that they're reaching out for help. Yeah, that's that could be the reason that they many people are not comfortable, uh, you know, seeking Abs- out for help. Absolutely. They might be afraid that if they go to counseling and word got out that they would be labeled crazy and that their children might be taken away from them. In our culture, it's acceptable to have physical symptoms, but not mental health symptoms. So survivors may first go to their physician with concerns such as stress, headaches, weight loss, um, and they might get some symptom relief for those overt symptoms. But so long as the abuse continues, of course, there is no lasting relief. And um, many women believe that breaking the silence and talking about domestic violence will be seen as bringing shame to the family name. So they are reluctant to reach out. Here, um, I would uh, like to add that uh, there are five agencies um, in Santa Clara County. They they provide um, confidential and free help uh, to survivors of domestic violence. Uh, for example, you can call Maitri, Next Door Solution, Community Solution, um, YWCA, uh, Silicon Valley, um, and um, Aki, Asian American uh, Community Involvement. And uh, uh, Maitri, um, is, uh, Maitri Helpline is open from uh, 9 to 3 p.m. Uh, on all weekdays and other time and weekends we you can leave voice messages and please reach out uh, for help if you are suffering uh, domestic violence or uh, mental health uh, problem you know illness uh, and it is not your fault and you have every right to get help um, so Meghna tell us what can community members do to help uh, any tips for our listeners So if you notice something or suspect something, you know, reach out to her privately. Tell her that you noticed things might not all be all right with her. And uh, if she or he need to talk, you're available. And uh, make sure that, you know, the this person is alone and no one else is listening. And if she reaches out to you, first and foremost, respect her confidentiality. This is really he important. He or she, I mean, whoever exactly. is. Yeah. Exactly. Facing. And respect their confidentiality. This is really important. Um, it's important for them to trust you uh, and for their safety. And uh, next, believe and validate their experiences. Believe, um, you know, their experiences, acknowledge their feelings um, the good news is that South Asian survivors usually turn to family and friends for help. Uh, but many times, South Asian women who turn to extended family for help are told to just adjust or, you know, compromise and somehow make the marriage work. <laughs> so be supportive and let her know that often, you know, there are other women who experience domestic violence too and that they're not alone and that you're there to help, uh, you know, should they need it. Um 
acknowledge the injustice uh, you know let her know that the abuse is not her fault uh, no one deserves deserves to be abused um, even though south asian women understand that what's happening to them is not right they often think that it is their individual problem that that this is their fa- private family problem they may not know it is actually a wider social problem and that there are policies laws and resources to help also south asian women tend to see their mental health concerns as a natural outcome of what's happening at home but they don't necessarily see it as something that they can actually seek help for um and safety planning is also important right mm-hmm. so if someone is going through abuse then no absolutely so you know help her safety plan does she have any place to go um if she needs to leave right away uh what are the safest rooms in the house and which ones should she avoid if a confrontation happens um we have some safety planning resources on our website at www.mythree.org under staying safe so um you know those other kind of things you can do to help you can look up and let her know of local resources in the community kind of like the ones that you just mentioned um you know so you can do all that but just remember that the biggest thing is to respect his or her autonomy um you know they are the ones that know what's going on um, in, their in their lives yeah and they can be the best judge of how and when they access any of those resources yeah that is that is i think most important you know be there talk to them and let them know that you are there to support but at the same time respect their wishes respect their decision um so other things i think community members can do um is uh, that if they have business uh, they can offer to display brochures from different you know, domestic violence agencies and at maitri we have our brochures in english hindi urdu and nepali if you need our brochure please contact us uh, maitri@maitri.org um or outreach@maitri.org uh, those who are facing abuse uh, must know must know that uh, free and confidential help is available in the community and it is it is okay it is actually important to uh, seek uh, help and um, break the cycle of abuse uh, if anyone can volunteer their time and resources to south asian dv organizations or any local dv organizations you should reach out you should contact those organizations um and um, what else magna you know there is also other things you can do as members uh, you know of a community if you know someone who is recently divorced or separated don't feel awkward you know make it a point to include them in social gatherings um, let them know that you're not uncomfortable with them being single yes you are so right megna uh, someone told me that after she got divorced um and the, her friends started avoiding her and even her own siblings are kind of blaming her for bringing shame to the family um so it's it's so sad we are in 2020 and some people still believe in this kind of um you know uh, that uh, ignoring someone because uh, that person um is not uh, in any marital relationship or broke into uh, an, any relationship mm-hmm. that is so sad to uh, see Yeah. um sometimes i think people just feel awkward and don't know sort of you know how to um, bridge that gap or how to sort of talk to someone so they just avoid them you know mm. when they get divorced they're just kind of oh i i just don't want to even invite them or get into it so 
definitely you know um if you know somebody you should definitely make it a point to include them in social gatherings it'll you know go a long way towards their mental health and your support of them um and don't get uh, into any kind engage in any kind of gossip absolutely, right absolutely absolutely that's you know that goes without saying that um definitely don't try and figure out you know what had happened and whose fault it is and that kind of thing um if you've ever accessed mental health resources share that information with others you know make it socially acceptable to talk about mental health just like it is socially acceptable to talk about our physical health mm and uh if you're a medical provider who sees south asian patients uh take the time to probe a little build a rapport with the patient and help him or her make the connection between the domestic violence they're dealing with at home and their symptoms um you may be providing some really timely help to someone who may not have access to other resources so um that's a really important uh tip and i know a lot of south asians are um, sort of doctors and in the in the medical field yeah we actually provide uh, matri provides um uh cultural responsive trainings for mainstream service providers uh, police officers local medical professionals to help them understand that the cultural challenges and nuances uh, south asian uh, victims uh, may see may go through So Meghna any last words or any resources that you want to share with our listeners today Yeah absolutely so there's the national DV hotline um the number is 1-800-799-7233 for any help with domestic violence and then there's uh, NAMI or the National Alliance on Mental Illness uh you can find them online they have uh, support or resources for different mental health concerns Um the website www.psychologytoday.com has a therapist finder mm. for all over the United States you can put in your zip code and look up therapists in your area uh you can find specialists or someone who takes your insurance there are different ways to look up so that's a good uh website um and in terms of last words i just want to say raise your boys and girls to be upstanders instead of bystanders you know to stand up for what's right and to never accept that girls or women get the short end of the stick wonderful megna those who are listening today uh, please find the list of south asian domestic violence agencies that are listed on on the matri website under get help section information can save someone's life so please inform yourselves about the resources so that you can help someone to break the cycle of abuse thank you megna for coming here and sharing uh, such valuable information and resources thank you uh, thank you nandini for having me I'm glad to be here so listeners we are hopeful that with our show between friends we will engage our community towards prevention and culture change to make safer more respectful and more equitable environments in which all community members can thrive thank you all for listening our show today keep listening our show on radio zindagi every saturday from 3 to 4 pm and find us on soundcloud and on apple podcasts spotify google podcast and other channels search for between friends conversation with maitri please subscribe share and comment bye for now